Do you feel like you're wasting money in your business, but you don't know where or how to fix it? We're going to talk about it on today's episode. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. What's up, everybody? So glad to have you here today. Michael Johnson joining you for another solo episode, and we are going to talk about saving some money in your business. Now, who doesn't want to save some money in their business? Now, there are good ways to do it, and there are bad ways to do it. And sometimes we have to think a little bit more about alchemy. Uh, think think Dan uh, Sutherland, right? Like the, you've got to think a little bit more outside the box because it's not always as it seems. Things aren't always as they seem. If you talk to the economists or the mathematicians, they want to cut costs. They want to just snip things here or there and, and, uh, look at it as a hard line. But sometimes there's more to the human experience that is magical, that isn't quite explainable. Things that we can determine and uh, we can extrapolate from the human situation that the numbers can't do. And so sometimes you go in to try to save some money in your business and you might inadvertently make it worse. And so it's not just as easy. And I think maybe if you've ever had an experience of trying to save some money in your business, sometimes you cut things out or you cut something out or you try to save some money in one way and it hurts your business long term or in another way. And unfortunately, sometimes when you do that, you can't see it for months at a time. And that is what's scary. And that's why it's helpful to have some outside perspective. So I'm hoping today I can give you some great outside perspective as to some things that you can look at to know where to start and how to go about saving a little bit of money in your business. Because honestly, it doesn't matter whether you're in a growth phase or scaling, doesn't matter whether you're uh, hanging on by a thread, hoping that you can make it in your business. The truth of the matter is, is that Saving money in your business is important, and it's important to look at it on a regular basis. We want to optimize the things that we're doing, but sometimes in optimization, we have to do things that are counterintuitive. And if you ask the mathematicians and the economists, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes if you do it just by the line and straight by the numbers – Sometimes it has a negative repercussion because you're, again, not taking in the human element. We're going to talk about a couple things that hopefully will spur your imagination. In fact, I've got seven today, seven things that you can look at and think about in terms of attacking the challenge of saving some money and how and where to start. So let's jump right in to some of the things on the list. And one of these might resonate for you. I think uh, if not all of them, right? Hopefully it's something that you can think about and jump in and start to execute depending on where you're at in your business. Some of these might not 
be applicable to you, but I wanted to try to cover a, a, a little bit of a broader range. I could go on for hours about this, but I chose seven of my favorite to discuss with you today. So first up on the list, one that is near and dear to my heart, uh, used to be a CEO of a software company. And one of the things that you do when you're a COO is you deal with operations. I love standard operating procedures until I don't love them. What does that mean? Well, if you haven't yet implemented standard operating procedures for each of the positions in your, um, in your business, then you need to actually start to head to that position, to that place where each of the people in your business that are doing something, that have a job, that have a position, they need to have a standard operating procedure. Now, when that standard operating procedure turns into a 75-page manual that you need to actually go through and read for two months just to understand everything you're doing, then it's maybe gone a little bit overboard. I think that the best standard operating procedures are in some instances created or at least begun by the people that do the job. And what you do is you ask them, Hey, you know what? You're really great at this position. You're really great at what you do. Can you give me a list of the things that you do on a regular basis? Great. They give you a list and they just start with bullet points. It's the same way you'd write a book. You start with your outline, right? You get the bullet points and now you say, okay, Hey, can you describe what it entails to do this one bullet point? And you, you leave it, right? And so you can build this over some time. You don't have to, to uh, fire hose your employees. Plus, they've got to keep doing the things that they are doing, right? And as they do those things, you don't want to inundate them with getting an operating procedure that takes up all their time instead of doing the thing. So you do it in little chunks and pieces. Pretty soon, you'll have that thing that they do so well mapped out. And then you can start to look at how to optimize it. And you can say, hey, can we have a meeting about this and chat about how we can optimize? How can I help you do your job, your thing that you're so good at better? Are there things in this list that you you need some extra help with? You need something to make it easier for you to execute this. You'd be surprised how many times they know exactly what they need to make their job easier. We all do, right? So standard operating procedures in every position, in every place, they're really great. Just try not to let them get out of hand and turn into novels. Okay, I could talk about that for ages. In fact, we should probably just do a whole episode on each one of these. But we'll start with this the quick overview so that you can get the idea and, and get started on uh, maybe one of them that is appropriate for you. Okay, so number two on the list, uh, consolidation of similar tasks. Then you'd be surprised how many times I've gone into a business and looked at the things that were going on and you have similar tasks being done by multiple people and really you can actually create ownership of that task under one uh, person that can actually optimize and do it better. And so there is some really great savings in figuring that out. Uh, so what's an example of that? An example would be a bunch of different people doing graphic design and little pieces of graphic design instead of having one person that's really great at graphic design doing all of the graphic design for those people. Now, it could work both ways. So it might be that you have one person and it's a, it's a bottleneck for all those people and you need to, to pass it out. 
Or it could be that all those people are spending and wasting time that they could be doing other things that they're more proficient at and you can actually put it to one person and now it actually speeds up the process and maybe even saves you money. That's the intent, right? And so you have to look at it with an open mind that it can go one direction or the other. So keep that in mind. We want you to be able to be open-minded about it. It's not a one or unilateral uh, direction here in, in how you would make that adjustment. Okay, let's move on. Number three, this one's uh, very interesting and it's very particular to your business. If you have suppliers, so raise your hand right now if you have suppliers. If you have suppliers that help you to build your thing, to deliver the service that you're delivering, whatever you might have suppliers in, you can go back to them and renegotiate your terms or your price. And you'd be surprised how many times they will do that. It's okay that you might have had a deal for a while with them and that's maybe how you started, but you can go back and you can renegotiate better terms or a better price and it can be something that can actually be favorable for both of you. You'd be surprised how many times that they might want a different set of terms or they might want a different set of price negotiation that might be more favorable for both you and them. It's not that it's just a one-way street. You can actually get a lot done if you can do it. If they are looking at it and saying, well, we actually were hoping to raise the price on you because we're we're losing money. And you're like, well, I don't want you to go out of business. So how about if we pay your price, but you give us better terms? Maybe we can pay it later. Maybe we can pay it over time to get those things that they're supplying you with. This is a great uh, possibility and you can negotiate a lot in that space. So don't be hesitant on going to your suppliers. Now, of course, if you don't have supplies that you're buying, uh, maybe you're buying a service or maybe you're you're contracting in to have a service. Go in and figure that out and see if there's something you can do there. This is a great way to save some money in the business and still come out uh, in, in a better scenario or a better version of your business afterwards. Okay, let's go on to number four. Number four is software automation. In today's day and age, uh, definitely the age of software making things easier in our life. There are apps, there are desktop apps, there are even downloadable uh, desktop uh, software programs still, right? It, not everything switched to uh, to a web app. But there are so many great pieces of software that it's likely if if not very probable that there is a piece of software that can help you save time and money by implementing it into your business to help your team members, your employees to do the thing that they're doing better. Remember, they are all wanting to have it easier. If you can make their job easier by implementing some piece of software that can help mitigate their work or help to make their job easier in some way, shape, or form, it will be well-received if you deliver it right, and it could potentially save you money and time over time, if not instantly. Again, whatever things you're doing in your business, the likelihood is there is a piece of software that can consolidate a bunch of things or there are multiple or a very particular piece of software that you can use specifically for your thing. For example, did you know there is specific software for door-to-door salespeople? Absolutely. And it is specific for their needs. 
And there are probably multiple of them. In fact, I know of two or three off the top of my head. And you can go specifically to them because they understand exactly what you do and what you need. And they've built it into the software specifically for you. That's great, right? And there are a lot of software uh, companies out there that can do it. You could even go as far as creating a software if you can't find one that's already been built. You could go and create a software or have it created that can actually uh, work out for you in the long run. It might cost you some up front, but it might end up saving you over the period of five, 10 years if you can build it and have it in-house. So keep that in mind. Software is a great solution, especially especially if you can find something that's already built that you can utilize and help you to save money. Okay, let's go on. Number five. This is cool. I learned this recently and uh, really, really appreciated the concept and the idea. Uh, and they called it th- this cool little framework. Uh, a guy I met recently, Troy Smithson, cool guy, really cool guy, great ideas, great training he gave. And uh, he called it his RAS uh, system. And that stands for Random Act of Savings. Random act of savings. And so I thought I'd pass it on because it is a really cool idea. It's definitely, I don't know if it's his or if he, he got it from somebody else, but I do love it, love the idea. And the simple, simple thing to do there is bring your team in and say, hey, we're going to implement this idea. Every week, I want you guys to bring in random acts of savings that we can discuss and see where we can save money in the company. Some we'll keep, some we won't keep. I'd like you to be as ridiculous as you'd like and maybe as serious as you'd like. And I'd like to hear your thoughts because you guys are in the trenches. You're running things. You're doing things on a daily basis that maybe I can't see. And so you'd be surprised how many times people will come in and they'll say, hey, I realized we were wasting whole rolls of tape in a painting business and we're just throwing them away at the end and we didn't realize that. So what can we do with that? How can we recapture that? How much will that save us? And you can do this across the board with all sorts of things. Maybe it's a uh, once a month check in on, uh, on software that you aren't using. Maybe you thought you were going to use a piece of software. You're paying for it monthly and somebody didn't tell you that they're not using it anymore because it didn't work out. These are easy little things that you can go through. And sometimes you need your people to recognize it and make them aware to bring it in. And so you can kind of give a, a headhunting fee. You can give a reward. You know, you can put a wanted sign up and say, wanted, random acts of savings. We're giving rewards for that. Give them a night out with their spouse or give them a gift card if they find something that's going to save the company money. There's lots of cool things you can do, but get your team on your side to understand that, hey, we don't want to be wasteful in the company. We don't want to be spending money on things that aren't uh, necessary if we don't have to. We want to be able to take that money and utilize it for other things that could help provide a better solution for a customer or help make the company a better place to work at, which leads us to our next one. So I hope you like that. RAS, Random Act of Savings, implement it, do it. You can do it on a weekly or monthly basis. This is always a fun way to do it. And I love that the team can be involved with that process. Let's go on to number six. And that is 
a little different. Number six and seven are a little less on the attacking the saving side and a little bit more of let's think on the abundance side. So number six is company culture. You can start to put some effort into company culture. A great uh, example of this was Zappos. In their day, they came in and they really changed what it meant to have a great company culture within your organization. And they sort of began to set the standard for what new culture in a company could look like. When you do this, it's it's in a way working on saving money, even though you might be outputting money to improve the culture. Let's take, for example, a company that's located here in our area. We can see their two buildings from the freeway as we drive by. It's Adobe. And they have two gorgeous Brand new buildings. I guess they've, I, they haven't been out, uh, built for that long. Maybe a few years, two or three years, something like that. Might have been longer than that now. <laughs> I've been here for a while. And as you drive by, you can see from the freeway right into their basketball court. Now, do you think the basketball court's the only thing they put into the building? No, they have other things in there. Rock, rock climbing wall, place for video games. They have all sorts of cool things. I know another company that, that has a kitchen that's uh, stocked with a soda machine. Um, they have uh, snacks that people can eat all day long if they want that are healthy or whatever it is that you like. And they, they stock it on a regular basis. And I've heard of companies that do extra bonuses for meeting certain uh, quotas. They have definitely created a culture, uh, a place where everybody understands what they're trying to accomplish with the client and the customer and together as a family because they have to live with each other on a regular basis every day. So creating that culture is super important. It is a very, very valuable thing when people interact with your team members, with your employees, they can feel how happy they are to be there. You know what I'm talking about. When you've, uh, maybe you've gone into a fast food restaurant with a, with a kid that's miserable working there and they just taint the whole experience. And now your feeling of that restaurant is now tainted by that kid's lack of desire to be there. And you just wonder, how quality is my food with somebody that really didn't want to be there, right? So you changing the culture and making it a really desirable place has impact in a lot of different areas. It has impact on your customers. It has impact on your other team members. It has impact on the longevity of your team, which is super important because you'll be saving money if you don't have a high turnover, And so really looking at what you can do to get people in the position where they're staying with you longer, working for you longer, this is great. And there are lots of things you can do. Now, that being said, don't just do things without talking to your team and without actually creating a culture environment where they all know what it is that you're heading for and then asking them, what do they want? Because if you're bringing uh, snacks in and you're a nutrition company, but you're bringing in Doritos and, and stuff that isn't really fabulous for your body and they're all like, great, they brought us, you know, chocolate and Doritos and we're a nutrition company. We believe in nutrition, right? Then they're like, oh, we don't really want that. Thanks for the soda fountain every day, but we don't drink soda, right? So you've got to, to be in touch with what it is to be part of your culture, and what they're there to do for your clients. This is 
going to provide more revenue because your customers are going to be happier with your team and it's going to provide a longer lasting retention for your your team members. So a lot of really good benefits there. It's a little bit harder to do and and you may need a little help. That's understandable. But long term, this is the best way to go. Okay, number seven. Again, each of these I could talk about for hours. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll split it out into some episodes where we really dig into uh, some of the minutia of this. But I think this is a great overview for you. So number seven, work on customer retention, satisfaction, and that will help your churn. So you're basically working on your churn, lowering your churn. What does that mean? Well, that means when a customer buys from you, how often do they buy from you? Are they on a recurring structure? Are they buying from you uh, periodically, once a month, once a week, twice a week, once every three months, whatever it is, if you can lower the amount of time that they are churning through your product or your services, right? And it, it works different whether you're in a software company or whether you're selling products. But if you can lower their churn, if you can increase their satisfaction, if you can get them to stay with you longer and increase your lifetime value of your customer, this is huge because now we're talking on the on the positive side, not on the negative, right? If we're thinking about saving, we're, we're kind of retracting, worrying about stuff. But if we're thinking on the opposite side, we're thinking about how can we improve our customer lifetime value? And if we can improve that customer value, that means that now we can afford to spend more to get more customers. We can, uh, we can do more for them on the backside to over deliver, which should be part of your motto as every company should be over delivering as much as they possibly can. So this has some really incredible impacts. This particular one, and, and I put six and seven last because they're a little bit harder. You have to be able to think a little bit outside the box and you have to be willing to test some stuff to see what's going to work best inside your walls and how you can actually do it best to serve your customers. All right. So that's seven right there. That's a lot to take in. Uh, feel free to watch over and over again, get some of them down, find the one that's going to work particularly for you. And remember, if you need some help, right? Because these are all great. All of those are fabulous, but I may not have touched on the one that's specific for you. And there are a bunch. If you need some help and you'd like some guidance in that, please reach out. Let us know. You can comment in the, in the, uh, in the messages below, let us know. We'll reach out to you or you can just reach out to us and, and let us know that you need some help. Uh, we are quite good at being able to find these things and help you pinpoint what is the best way for you to go next. So I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, really enjoyed bringing this together for you and, uh, and hopefully this moves the needle a little bit. Maybe gave you an idea, gave you something to think about that can really make a big difference. Go put it to action. If you do, let us know that you did and let us know what worked for you and, and we'd love to hear it. So that being said, appreciate you joining us on today's episode and, uh, and we'll see you next time on the Business Choreography Podcast. Every business needs choreography. Choreography in your marketing, your operations, and your sales. That's why we created the Business Choreography Group. Come and join an amazing group of business owners developing their choreography to help their businesses grow and scale. Go to bizchoreo.com slash group to join us today.